excited for the partnership between yourself and Finn Russell? Uh, yeah, white, white chocolate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed. Hello and welcome to House of Rugby Ireland here on Joe. We're back in studio for our final show of the season. Eight months, 36 shows, 34 guests and over 1 million listens and views later. We're here to put a bow on the season with Fergus McFadden and Ian Madigan. We do have some exciting plans for the summer, however. A kind of British and Irish House of Rugby um, we'll be covering the Lions Tour on that. But this is our final episode here for now. We have a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to be joined by Conor Murray shortly and Pat has a little chat with France legend Philippe Saint-André who was promoting the big rugby run. But first we'll chat about the Champions Cup final. Ian, was there any surprise in that result yesterday? I think Toulouse were expected to win but it was one of those days where it was nearly everything that could go wrong for La Rochelle did. You know, you, you look at their indiscipline in the first half, they missed a good few goal kicks and conversions, and then obviously the red card so early in the game, you know, made it really, really hard for them. Yet they were still very much in the game at the very end and, and potentially should have had a penalty in that last passage of play when kind of Toulouse were messing around, trying to run the clock down, got it wrong and got caught out five metres from their line and it looked like there was a few infringements at that rook from, from Toulouse. But look, it was a very frustrating day for Raj. I think the way he coaches that La Rochelle team and the way he has them set up, um, you know, they, they play with great width and that combines with their power game. But when you lose one of your centres like that, um, it really narrows up your attack. You can't play with the same width. You're not running at the same holes. Um, you can't play the, the, the offloading game that we've seen La Rochelle play all year. So it was, um, I'm sure it was a very frustrating day for him. And I think you could see his frustration any time the camera panned to him during the game. He was, you know, the laptop was taking a bit of a battery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ferg, like even you said there, they had to try and work around them because there was no, no gaps through. And eventually in the, it was the 60th minute, they managed to get that try. But, you know, they had, they had defended for so long with 14 men, it was inevitable that some, at one stage they were going to break them on the edges. Yeah, well, I think that even, you know, taking the red card aside, which obviously was a huge bearing on, on the results, I, I think Toulouse probably managed the weather better because, you know, I think we were talking... A week or two ago, when the Toulouse and Larchelle got to the final, and we were saying this could be one of the best finals of all time with the way the two teams play. But it weirdly turned into obviously a very kind of cagey affair where it was very hard to get the ball away. And, and I just think that um, Raj said it after the game that there was, um, there was a lot of unforced errors from Larchelle. I think that made, it, that made them pay. Um, and then, you know, a few missed kicks. Um, you know, you, you knock over maybe two of the three of them and they're in a winning position at the end where they score that try. So they will be kicking themselves. But I think, um, like looking over, the, looking back on the tournament and at the two teams throughout the whole thing, I, I think it's been a, an unbelievable journey for, for La Rochelle. And, and they should, hopefully when the dust settles, Raj and John Gibbs and the, the squad will look back and say, what a year that's been for them. But I think to lose were the probably the best team in the competition. They got through some really tough uh, uh, tough fixtures. Um, they put in some like unbelievable performances and um, scary enough prospect, actually, that that club now, after they're, you know, what for, unfortunately for Leinster, they're the first team to, to get five stars and the only team. And um, 
but you're just looking through their team and what they, they could become in you know two, three years' time, they're going to be a very tough team to beat because now they've got a taste of it. You know, DuPont, Intermac. Yeah. And they're um, so young. Like, there's yeah. so many years ahead of them. That's the thing. Yeah, with those halfback pairings, you just build a team around those guys. Um, they do have a, you know, a slightly more ageing back three, like the likes of, you know, Huge, Maydar, they're probably on the home stretch of their career, but um, you know the, the Toulouse Academy is probably right up there with what Leinster are producing year in, year out, and mm-hmm. you can be guaranteed you're going to see quality coming through. So, yeah, there's no doubt that they're going to stay very much at the forefront at the top of the European Champions Cup. And as Ferg said, you know they had some tough fixtures. We played them in, in round one, you know, in a, a really wet night up in up in Ravenhill. They had to play Munster away, which is you know another really challenging game. Um, so yeah, look on the balance, they they probably deserved it, but they didn't play brilliantly, you know, for a side of their class coming up against fourteen men for that long. They only really broke La Rochelle down once for that try, yeah. you know, and you saw them turning <clears throat> down, you know, five on three, six on threes, and still kicking, you know, and, and trying to play that kind of territory game, which is almost a bit unnatural for them. Mm. Um, but then had the game not been in Twickenham, probably would have been a completely different game as well with the conditions, and we wouldn't have seen that kind of stuff. You know, they were playing territory instead of, you know, they're playing the conditions that were in front of them. Yeah, no, and in fairness, when they when Entmac pulled the trigger and he threw that miss pass for, yeah. the, for the try, like, that was a brilliant passage of play, and, you know, once they get in behind, they're very hard to stop. But I felt for, for La Rochelle, they're... they're, um, they're it's not nice to see, like, a final, you know, ultimately get this decided... From, from someone getting sent off from just one moment where his timing is just off. And, yeah. You know, because it did, you know, it, was, it would have been Roy the Rover stuff if La Rochelle managed to, to pull off a win, but really, you know, they were up against it there for, for the majority of the game. And it's a, it was a bit of a pity that that had to happen. Yeah, and like there was another one, another tackle with the, you know, the Toulouse 12, Aki, you know, he's caught one of the, the La Rochelle players on the neck. Like it, for me, that's at least a yellow card. You know, it's a, it's a very dangerous tackle. and I'm sure they, they have their gripes that they get a red, red card mm-hmm. early in the game, doesn't get, you know, returned. And, um, yeah, look, the referees probably wasn't their best game. You know, you can see there was definitely a bit of panic at the end. Um, it was almost the opposite to what they were like in the first 25 minutes. They were very trigger-happy. They were blowing for everything. You could hear the, the, the touch judges sending in messages to give away, you know, penalties or, or, or whatnot. The game had no real flow to it, Um until it started opening up, and you know, the start of the second half, but certainly wasn't you know one of the best finals. And speaking of that funny situation we were talking to <laughs> yeah, to, to Connor about, yeah. you know, about Zivo telling him that the, the clock was done and he yeah. kicked it out. Oh, it was wasn't. very similar. It's I like a I don't think the final of a Champions Cup <laughs> no. is the right place to do that, but it, I don't know where Intimac was getting his yeah. information there. But to like, not really. it probably was what six or seven seconds off, but like that's a long time when you're like in your twenty-two on your own camp there. They must have been licking their lips to Larishat when they oh. went in there, but it was a, yeah, a couple of decisions there at the end could have gone Larishat's way, but you know, the real reason I think they lost the game is is it is because they got a man sent off, but I think Raj said it as well, ill discipline and and, and um, too many unforced errors. Yeah, and Larishat like it was not the end of their season; they still have the top fourteen to play for next week, so they have to pick themselves back up and play again next weekend. Yeah, like the, it's been a great year for them; they're still at the top of the league, so or I think they're second. Second place, um, yeah. So they'll go into the barrage where you know anyone from one to six has an opportunity of, of winning. 
being in that top two and getting bye weeks off the back of a, a very long season is very advantageous. So, you know, they're going to do everything they can to get in one of those top two slots and, and you know, get a, get a week off, wait for the, the playoffs between um, third and sixth and fourth and fifth. But, you know, the way they play, there's, there's no reason why they, they can't, you know, kick on from this. And they should take a lot of confidence from, from, from the competition that they can compete with the very best, you know. Their performance against Leinster was probably the, the best performance of the competition, you know. It was very complete. And for me, I, I couldn't see them getting beaten off the back of that. But, you know, fair play to Toulouse. They, they found a way. Yeah. Coming up in part two, early on, we caught up with Munster, Ireland and three-time British and Irish Lion, Conor Murray. Check it out. They will be great value. They'll be great value and you'll be able to really buzz off them and they will buzz off one another. And it, you won't be shy of laughs. Your sides will be sore from laughing. Um, they're, um, yeah, they know each other very well. And do you know what? Um, it's just, I hope they know where to, <laughs> to leave things because it is, it is a show that everyone's going to see and it's a family show. So... They can be both the two of them, but good value. So I, I'm going to choose them. Conor Murray, welcome to the show. Great to have you on here today. A tough loss for your old halfback partner, Rod, yesterday. Did you manage to see any bit of the game? I did. I did. I was watching intently um, with my Lyra Shell hat on. Um, yeah, very disappointed for, for Rod and, and his team. They were... Um, They'd done so well to get there from where, from where that club has come from, um, and they had a lot of chances yesterday. So I'm sure they'll be they'll be kicking themselves a little bit, but uh, he's done an incredible job. So I think we'll we'll definitely see more Raj. The Larshell hat on. You looking for a move there next year? You know, keep keep the options open, lad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Carvalho was very good in fairness to him. I don't think we'd get on at the moment. He was. Uh, I thought he was brilliant, especially in the second half. Um, is that something that you always saw with Raj, obviously playing with him? Did he always look like he was going to go down that route of coaching? Uh, I was talking to someone about this yesterday, about Raj and coaching. He, um, he's plied his trade. Like, as a player, obviously, he was a huge leader, um, you know, well able to kind of defend himself and, and get the best out of fellas if they if they weren't pulling their weight around him, I think. I would at the playing with him. Uh, it was more so a look, a bad look that Roger would give you, and you kind of fix whatever you were doing wrong, as opposed to him telling you and, and coaching you through it. So, um, definitely has has the respect, and he's gone. You know, he's gone to New Zealand. He's been in Paris with Racing um, to, to to learn his trade, and you know, I suppose he's he's developed his his coaching skills definitely. Obviously, from watching the the build up to the game yesterday and the way his ex-players he's, he's worked with and his current players talk about him um, you know he's obviously doing a fantastic job so um, yeah really impressed with, with what he's done over the last few years When you joined that Munster squad as a young lad was he you know was he a scary older player or was he someone that took you under your wing like obviously you had to work very closely together and, and built that relationship and that partnership over the years but was it always there or was it something that you had to really work on? Uh, yeah when I, when I first came into the monster squad and, and Raj was there and and these these other guys like Paulie and Dunners it was lads you grew up with um lads who who you who you looked up to an awful lot and I suppose for me coming in it was just about doing everything right you know especially Raj um you know throwing a past him was was uh, probably one of the most daunting things you know having watched him growing up your 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 school years and going to Tom and Park and 
and just um, having him stand outside you was a bit a bit unsettling. So um, probably helped me improve my pass. You know what I mean? I was just always worried about giving him the perfect ball. And um, like Mads there, if you threw a bad pass to him, you, it would be rifled back at you in training <laughs> until you did it right. So, Only uh, if I drop it. Not a word said if I catch have. it. <laughs> yeah, I was stop, playing stop in the full session as well. Like, you have to jump. <laughs> Always exactly. someone else's so, problem uh, when you drop it, is yeah. it? Absolutely, yeah. That's when the blame game starts. Um, obviously, Connor, it's been a busy few weeks for you. Um, huge congratulations and absolutely well-deserved in making that third Lions tour. Um, I suppose, t- talk us through, um, you know, did you, where were you when you got the call, when, when the announcement was made? Um, was it something that you had expected over the last few months or was it a complete shock to you? Uh, it, was a, it was a weird one, I suppose. Going back to the first one um, in 2013, I, I found out early. Um, a journalist that was in London actually found out and rang me about an hour before, um, which I was kind of disappointed about because the excitement of finding out on TV is is pretty special. 2017, then I was I was in touch with um, Warren Gatlin because I had injured my neck, so he had rang me a few times just to just to make sure um, the neck was going to be okay, and then. Um, Recently, I, I had no idea. It was it was such a weird build up. I suppose over the last few years with with injury and and things like that, I was um, I was really nervous. Uh, I know you know you have a, a bit of a chance if you feature in Six Nations, but I really I really didn't know which way it was going to go. And I suppose coming we had our captains run that morning in Tolmond, and lads were like looking to meet up and and watch it together. And I was like, I'm not. I'm getting away. For I just need to be on my own or whoever was at home. So. Andrew Conway followed me home. He was like, I know you, you, you want to have a few fellas around you. And Joanna was here um, in the house. And yeah, we watched it. We watched it unfold. And obviously they, they dragged it out a bit with the speeches at the start. And um, I think I came out quite early in the backs and um, incredible feeling. I think this means the most because I probably had to work the hardest for this one. Definitely over the last four years, ups and downs and things like that. So um, yeah, it was a massive relief um, and something I really, really wanted. I think it puts you in like uh, a kind of a cool group as well now, Mer, because you know you're talking about Paulie there and Raj, people you looked up to so much, but they're two of the few guys that have managed to go on, you know, three Lions tours or more, and and now you're one of them, and um, you know it's a small group, like it's been a pretty cool journey. I remember coming across you for the first time the final uh, of 2011 against Munster when you lads beat us in the Magnus League with the. You had the cool bowler haircut. You should bring that back, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I can hear the sarcasm, sarcasm from there. No, but yeah. it, it has the, the journey, like, you know, lucky enough to play with you um, for a number of times with Ireland, but the journey you've been on to get to this point, because like every career that goes on for a long period of time, you've had your doubters as well over the past maybe year. So for this to, to get this accolade must be extra special. Yeah, um, when I said I, I, it was something I really wanted, I think, you know, on the last tour, um, I really enjoyed it. I was I was playing great rugby. And in my head, I was kind of, you know, obviously you map it out, don't you, when you're looking at like World Cups or, or whatever, like I'll, I'll be 32, will I will I still be featuring? I, I didn't really think that that far ahead. And I suppose the closer it got, um, the criticism definitely, like it's no secret, you know, there's been criticism over the last couple of years and um that frustrated me at times because I didn't agree with it, quite a lot of it but then you, you do tr- you do want to prove them wrong even if even if they are they're not you know telling the, the right story but um 
that was a big motivator for me. And, um, you know, and then when the Lions year comes around, you start to think about it again. Um, I, rem- I remember we, we, when the Lions, they send the jerseys to the hotel to, to do the headshots um, during the Six Nations camp. And because of COVID this year, you got the jersey sent to your room and you had to have it on leaving your room and go down to the this room um to get get a shot and put it on and had a kind of weird moment looking in the mirror just looking down at the jersey and like geez this could be this would be really cool to wear this again and, and and have a good crack off it and um yeah when you say those lads that who have been on three um geez that's something I, I haven't really thought about I suppose it's something you know hopefully I do go on tour and I stay fit and and, and things go well and and you can you can reminisce on stuff like that when when you get back from there but um yeah, to be to be even mentioned in um you know in the same sense as those lads uh is really um really humbling and I and I'd I'd like to, you know, go out there and, and do myself proud, you know, you know what I mean? I haven't been on the last tour and, and, and starting it's you know, anything I suppose less than that will will kinda leave a bad taste in your mouth. So that's what kinda where my head is at at the moment, having having got on the plane. Yeah, the timing of it like for me looking from the outside in over the last few years obviously you've, you've touched on there with you know the neck injury you had but I think this tour has come at a perfect time for you you know you've played really well for Munster over the last year you had a great Six Nations like do you feel physically you're in the best shape you've been in? Uh, yeah I do I honestly do I think um, neck wise is always the one for me and it's it's something that is, is thankfully I've put to bed because I've had a good few like bangs on it in, in the past season and it, it hasn't really affected me so I've I've definitely gone through that rehab process of uh, building up the strength in it building up um, you know upper body strength a little bit more and um, you know having real confidence to go out and play uh, the way I play I suppose you know for me it was like going for going for a short, like those short range tries that I, I score um, that you don't get much glamour for but they were things that um I'd back myself with like just physically being able to get over like five meters out or whatever. And, you know, maybe subconsciously over the, over the last couple of seasons, you're probably worried about hurting yourself. You know, you, you tell yourself you're not, but you, you might just pop the ball to someone else and, and hopefully they'll do it. So I think over the last year or so I've seen myself do that an awful lot more like, like I, like I used to. So I think having the confidence to play my natural game like that I know there's an awful lot of other parts that, that you have to sort out as well but that side of things I feel really good um, and I, you know, the hamstring injury during the Six Nations probably gave me a chance to just sharpen your tools a little bit more and, and, and let other things settle so yeah right now I feel I feel great Yeah it's a huge part of it you know with scrum halves now like on are the days where the scrum half can just keep moving the ball away from the rook um, you know and a good pass and a good box kick would be enough with teams being so well organised defensively, how hard they come off the line, which I'm sure South Africa are going to do on the tour. You need your nine to be able to scoot a bit, sit defenders down, be a threat himself. Um, and you know it's been great over the last se- season seeing you know you doing that week in week out for Ireland and Munster. So hopefully you'll get to see that when you're in the nine shirt for the Lions. Kind of did fingers you crossed, fingers crossed, like. Did you find it like more challenging this season, obviously with the hamstring injury and then Gibson Park coming in and playing and not having the, the ring of starts, the one of starts that you would have had in previous seasons? And, you know, in the English game, was there pressure on you? Or like, had you had a conversation with Gatlin beforehand or was it at the back of your mind completely about, about the Lions? Um, no, no conversations with, with um, Gatlin. Uh, he was there on the Tuesday of, um, of the England game. All right, he came into the circle and... Uh, he spoke to 
tied for a long um and killer actually gave him a little gag as well trying trying to get on the flight but other than that there was, there was nothing um no doubt killer be over there on holidays with the boots anyway just in case a yeah, yeah, oh, he might, yeah sure he might he's he's known to travel to to those countries where there's a bit of a tour on isn't he um so he's sussing out of action at the moment for himself um <laughs> but yeah not the england game i suppose I think with Jameson um, coming in and, and playing playing really well, I think he's a cracking player. Um, I'm sure you all know, like your head can be can race to the, so many different places. And um, Andy, you know, came up to me on the Tuesday and was like, "Oh, you're going to start this week. Um, you know, you hope like you know you're ready, blah blah blah." And then your head completely changes, and, and you get an opportunity to play against England. And um, I wasn't thinking about lines. I, I I really wasn't. I knew it was. I know, well, probably during the week you were a little bit because you'd ran out of chances with the with the hamstring injury. You you just wanted one more because um, you need a, you needed to play in a big game, I suppose, during the Six Nations to to show put yourself in the shop window. So um, yeah, when when that came around to answer your question, yeah, I felt a lot more pressure um, with the Ireland thing as well. You know, competition for places has gone up um, an awful lot more recently, um, and with the Lions and. Um, having not started, you know, having missed three games in the middle of the Six Nations, I was kind of put a lot more pressure on myself. So thankfully, um, I was part of a, a really good team performance, um, which which made my job an awful lot easier, myself and, and, and other players. Leading into that English game where, like, you know, the noise coming out of the camp throughout the Six Nations was, you know, we're building, we're working on things in the background. We feel there's a big performance coming. You know, we think it's about to click. Um, but I don't know if the supporters... Believed it as much as the players and and the staff within the camp. Could you sense that week? This is going to be a special one for us. Uh, yeah, like we've we've nearly been sick of saying that. Um, I know if, I know Johnny said that in the media that we've we're always saying we're close to it. We're really close to putting a, a complete performance together. And um, since since I started with Ireland, that when we when we came in, when I came into the Irish setup, it was consistency, and I, and you know, know too, like that was the word that kept cropping up was we're just not consistent enough, and I suppose those questions were were being asked about our team um, this season, and I think that the experience in the in the squad um, with the with the players there that we knew we were we were putting patches together in games. You know, you look at the the Wales game when we had fourteen. We fourteen men. Um, we played some really good rugby. Like we, I, I feel that was one of the games that got away this year. Um, Wales away, and um, you know the French game with a lot of changes in the team nearly got there, um, and so on and so forth. And I think in the England week, you know, there's no need for uh, motivational talk. That's that's all taken care of. The emotion and the passion is going to be there. Um, but we were really keen to to put put a put a really complete performance together and not take our foot off the off the pedal if we if we got a chance in the game and um you know and it was spoken about during the week was that's going to be our last game for how long with that group you know with the Lions tour with summer tour with changes to the squad that group probably won't be together or the bulk of them won't be together again for a long time so um it was great to be able to just Get a great performance in and park it. Um, I think that was that was a big motivation, knowing that we wouldn't get another chance for for a long time. Yeah, you would have been sitting on a loss a long time. You know, with a lot of times think about that mm. loss, and it would have been a bad way to end the season. So, yeah, at least people are coming away from that Six Nations thinking, yeah, that was a great game to finish on. It's also like test level mm. these days. Mer, it's gotten even more rootless from a, you know, an optics perspective for spectators, for pundits, for everything. It's so 
can be quite short-sighted mm -hmm. at times, and it's definitely something that I don't miss because, you know, you could see you guys were building under uh, Andy, and it was just small margins, and I suppose it came together. That England game must have been such a nice pressure release for the whole squad from the, the, the you know, coaching ticket and the players afterwards just to be able to sit back and, and have enjoyed a really, really good... That was the best 80 minutes, I think, Ireland have played in just such a long time. Yeah, 100%. I think you said it there, a release valve. Because um, we had the uh, the Pro 14 final the week after, back in the hotel, um, post the game, you know, the Munster and Leinster lads trying to get each other drunk and um, <laughs> have a bit of crack. But, get moves out of them. Uh, I, yeah, exactly. Um, didn't work, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I remember I remember we were sitting down and we looked over at the, the staff table with, with all the staff, the doctors, the physios and, and the coaches and you could see it like by their mood that it was a it was a pressure valve just released because everyone was under pressure that week. You you could feel it. Um try you try your best to to focus on what you need to focus on, but it does creep in and you can you can tell by people's body language or they're a little bit snappy. So um yeah, for the whole thing, um that game meant an awful lot for, for an awful lot of reasons and for, for I think not just the players, everyone involved was just happy to see us see us do something special and, and kinda put the hang the jersey up for another while and, and you know have it in a good place. You mentioned about the amount of competition in the squad this year, in both in Ireland, but we had quite a few conversations here about our line selection and I think nine was one that we had a lot of deliberations around and who would go. Um did you find it strange that Ben Young's announced that he wouldn't be available for the Lions tour? Oh, yeah, um, a little bit, I suppose. I, I think, you know, obviously four years ago, the reason was completely, um, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't question him about that, you know, for his family reasons and his, his brother, uh, Tom's wife, um, and thankfully made an unbelievable recovery. That was, you know, that everyone completely agreed with that, I suppose. Yeah, maybe, you know, Ben's been a professional for a long time. Um, he's expecting a, another child and, he is going to be away from his family for, for eight or so weeks. So the reasons are fine. Absolutely. I think the reasons are fine, but then it, I suppose on the flip side of it, um, you know, is it, could it be potentially his last tour or a chance to, to tour with the Lions? Um, you know, he's over a hundred caps for England. Would he, would he grin and bear it and, and, and maybe go away? But you, you don't know, you don't know what's going on. Um, with, with, with everyone, you know what I mean? It could be a, a whole different host of reasons and, you know, to spend time with, your family and, and expecting a new child is, is absolutely fair enough. Um, Ben's a great fella. I toured with him in, in 2013 and, um, you know, he was picked ahead of me. I was picked ahead of him towards the, towards the end and we, we got on really well. Um, and and he'd, he'd encourage you all the way. Um, a great guy to, to be on tour with. So I'm sure he would have been, uh, his, his name would have been in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. You've played with Owen Farrell and Dan Bigger before, but are you excited for the partnership between yourself and Finn Russell? Uh, yeah, white, white chocolate. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll get all the, the info out of Zeebs about um, how Finn likes to play the game. Uh, I've met him. I met him a few times. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real good fella. Um, obviously, a fella who plays off the cuff. Um, ridiculous skills can pull out some ridiculous things, um, and that come off. Um, there's a risk with playing that way as well, but. Um, yeah, he'll definitely make things interesting. I think he's over the past two years he's been he's been in, in special form. Um, you know, and Rassing have come really close to 
to winning um, silverware, especially the European Cup, and, and he was going to be a big part of that. So um, you know, he's he's been going real well, uh, and Owen and Dan there as well. It's going to be, it's going to. I think they're they're all in in really good form. So um, yeah, it'll be. That's part of the magic about going on tour is getting to to play inside these these guys and and learn what they're about and and, and really experience it. So um, yeah, Finn's going to be fun fun. I would imagine. <laughs> what about Simon coming back to Munster? Yeah, um, really exciting. I think for you know, hopefully the fans will be back. He's a he's a fan favourite, um, and he knows that. So he's uh, he's uh, he's coming back to put bombs on seats. Um, As he said, himself, I think he the will. King's I think... back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, he's not shy of that either. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be brilliant. I think. I think. You know, it's important to get Steve's back motivated. It's important to get him back, and and he wants to come back and play for Ireland. Um, you can tell by him, you know, it, it kills him to, you know, when he left, I think the Grand Slam was won pretty soon after he left. And I, I think that was, um, that was a tough one to take for him, um, you, you know, and, and he made his decisions to go. And he's, I think he's enjoyed Paris. I think he's had the, the time of his life there and, and he's played some really good rugby. So uh, he's 30 now, I think. So getting him back, he's, he's still a good few years of, of good rugby in him. Um, he adds an awful lot to the changing room, to the to the energy around the place. Um, so yeah, and the, the fans love him. Um, and he's he's going to increase his try scoring record, as he says to Earlsy, he has no hope of catching him. <laughs> I think it's exciting though for a squad. I think people don't really realise, you know, when a, a big character like someone like Zeebs comes back to you guys who's been there during a period you know, with you, you know, with learning, sponging off those older guys that that, that won the few hiding cups with Munster, and to get a, a character that, like that back into the change room that's, you know, as passionate as he is about the club, and then you've got the likes of RJ Snyman who'll be back fit again. Like it, you know, you'd like to think, and the young guys that have done so well for Munster this year, you'd like to think, um, you know, the, the next year, you know, is 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 looking good for you guys. I, I hope so. I, like, it's nearly going back to the the point you were saying about Ireland. About we're sick of saying we're we're really close to something and something clicking. And that, and that's unfortunately um, for most of my career um, since the 2011 game, we we haven't managed to win anything. And we've been um, kind of that's a de- definitely really a reason to get cl- the hair back. <laughs> the lucky, <thing. laughs> the lucky. I'll, I'll do it. Lucky I'll do mushroom. It. If we can get it. <laughs> silverware yeah um that was terrible that was terrible um yeah it's i think with, with uh, obviously uh orgy um snyman having him in, in our ranks you know he played i think 13 minutes is all um you know i'd love to see him up and running um you know as a as a player and a, and a fella he's a really you know he hasn't played much it's been really it's been really difficult for him coming to Munster and, and being injured coming to live in a new country and not really being part you know once you're injured in a long-term injury you're kind of part of a different group of players you know you kind of you're away from the crack an awful lot and um he's been really good he's he's kind of made sure he's around the training ground um you know make sure he's making an effort to, to know the lad so I think he's a fellow who's bought into it um obviously with um Damien Diolande there who's I think he's unbelievable I think he's been class this year um He'll cruise around training, cruise around the gym, but then, he, like, uh, come game time, he literally comes to life. Um, mm. Since the World Cup, I thought he's been um, he's been in special form as well. So, yeah, I think Zeeb's coming into the mix there um, as well. You know, 
I think again, would I have to mention Mike Haley. He's been incredible this year. Um, you know, and, and obviously hearing about Zeebs coming back, you know, he could have taken that either way, and he's he's put his performances um, up a notch as well. So um, yeah, we have the squad now. We now we definitely have the squad. Whereas before, we probably there might have been one or two areas you, you'd be concerned about, but there's definitely. Uh, a complete squad there with everyone, everyone fit, and and you know with our coaching set up with with Steve, especially Steve Larkham there in in terms of our attack. I think that's really come on this year, and and it's it's exciting. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. I think crossed when you're losing a few characters there, grow the hair. <laughs> I think when you're losing a few characters as well, Mur, you know, um, you got Billy Holland, who you know he he is you know going going to go down as as. You know, one of the club's legends. You know, what a servant and CJ for what he's done since he come over here, and uh, you know James Cronin as well. So they're you know the three characters yeah. as well. And JJ, yeah. sorry, yeah, JJ, even JJ. Yeah. So losing those guys, you know, it's it's just as well. The likes of Zebes is coming in. I think it'll be a, like a great boost as well for the group when you're losing characters like that. Mm, yeah, I, I I haven't thought about that too much. Um, about the the crop we're gonna lose, um, it's really it'll be it'll be a dent in the in the in the squad for sure for for loads of reasons. Billy is um, has been incredible. Uh, like you, just to, you see the work he does um, behind the scenes for everybody, not just lineups. He's literally making sure everyone is um, crystal clear in what they're doing, and he knows the game plan inside out. Um, he's literally one of the coaches now as well. So like he's he's a massive. Last he is got someone's gonna have to step into that role. I don't know if it'll be Zeebs um, <laughs> looking after the detail of things. But um we'll have to recruit someone else for that for that kind of role. Um JJ massive loss again as a ten who you you feel from because he went went around it the hard way. Um, you know, went to went to Northampton and played his trade there and played well enough, came back and, and has been playing really well. Um and 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 it's still quite young, so I think he's going to be a, a massive loss. And, and Jamesy as well, um, and Tommy O'Donnell, loads of loads of lads who have a lot of caps for Munster, who who know what it know what it means to be a proper Munster man and what we're what we're trying to achieve. It's yeah, it's it's a it's going to be a dent definitely. But I suppose having Zeebs, who is definitely a character and, and and a big player, you know, will will help offset that a bit. Yeah, Connor, what's been great this year has been. I know obviously you're losing some phenomenal players, but. Um, what we've seen with the young boys coming through, like Gavin Coombs, and like there's like there's so many like Ben Healy, uh, Craig Casey, they've really stood up and you know uh, they've Craig just Casey's fitted in. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Terrible. <laughs> like they've really just stood yeah. up and kind of fitted in seamlessly as well, which is really great to see that you know there is plenty of like West Cork players, like Munster lads that have come up through, um, through the ranks. Mm. Uh, they're they're incredible. Um, those that crop of lads. Um, and there's there's more. You know, you've Thomas O'Hearn, you've Jack Crow, you've loads of them. Um, that are there, and that group of of players are are unbelievably professional. They're they're always in the gym. They're they're always doing extras. Um, the, in terms of like their attitude to be to being a professional rugby player. You know, no, they don't need any work or, or any push in that direction. I think that's really exciting. I think. You know, for me, every day going training with, with Craig is, um, you know, it's a competitive day. He's a, he's a bit of a lunatic. Like he always, he wants to win. You know, you you jog out to the twenty two and back for a warm up. He wants to win it. Uh, he's one of these characters, and um, I think it's been it's been 
you know, lads say, oh, you'd rather not have the, the competition, but you, you definitely do. You, you, it brings out the best in you um, every day. Literally, there's no let up. And, and Ben Healy as well, he's he's constantly um, doing extras and, and, and trying to get those those little margins as well. So I think, yeah, that, that group of young people, um, they, they've come from a really successful successful under-20s um, team for, for a couple of years and, and they have really good habits. Um, they have a habit of winning as well. Um, the confidence of them is uh, is incredible. Um, funny funny almost. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a great crop to kind of bolster it up there and, and, yeah, homegrown talent, which is which is what we're after. We had, um, we had John Cooney on a few few months ago, actually, and he it was right after the game where himself and Craig Casey sprinted off the pitch um, like they had the race oh. off the pitch. Would that be like? I, I, they obviously did it. Yeah, they did it in good spirits. Like, but um, does that just sum up like Craig Casey's competitiveness that he just wants to get off the pitch and win that? To to a T, exactly. Like like I'm not joking when I literally everything. Um, whether it's making coffees in the in the training <laughs> center, like he wants to make the best one and things like that. So it's all it's it's almost tiring for me at times because. Been around a while now, and you have to kind of re-energize yourself again. But um, no, you love to see that uh, kind of enthusiasm coming through um, from from that group of lads. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it was gas with John. Like obviously, we we won that game, and we were all happy happy <laughs> out. But he was so smug afterwards, <laughs> yeah. like, and it, it kind of kicked off a bit on social media. And, put it on know, Instagram and everything. Yeah, you you'd think for like a 30, 31 year old racing, you know, <laughs> 18, 19 year old off the pitch, he'd have been embarrassed that people spotted it and put it up. But he was absolutely delighted, and he was like, "Yeah," because he spotted that Craig yeah. loved running in, and uh, literally when the yeah. the halftime whistle went, just bolted off and into into the change room. Uh. I remember seeing it. I was watching it at home, and I stood up. I was like, "Is this is this happening here?" You could like a full on battle, and the tunnel gets quite tight, doesn't it? And Raven Hill like they're nearly shouldering each other. Into uh, the thing. It was like an under eight sports day, you know. Funny until one of them pops their hammer and tries to sprint off the pitch, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Connor, is this um, the year finally the Munster will finish with a bit of silverware? It's looking good at the moment with the Rainbow Cup. Um, a few rounds left, you know, it would be nice to finish, especially for the likes of the lads like CJ, Billy, JJ, Tommy, all those boys that are finishing off. We we still have a chance. Obviously, it depends on Treviso, um, and hopefully, Connor can do us do us a favour there. Yeah, absolutely. I think no matter what it is, to to win something as a group is is incredibly special. Um, and I think it's something, you know, it's not the European Cup, it's not the Pro Fourteen, but it's it's something um, that hopefully we can we can um, you know give the lads a send off because um, at the moment you're kind of playing games. Um, you know, there's Interpro after Interpro and. Um, it's a, it's a strange tournament to be in, um, but you know, and, and you're like I remember looking at CJ last week after after we played, and um, I said, "Geez, I don't know how many games I have left with this guy." And um, after fellas like that and Billy as well, after all they've given um, over the years, and um, you know, for it to fizzle out would would be a shame. So yeah, I think everyone in Munster is really motivated to to make the final the next two games are going to be really important and um yeah you'd love you'd love to you know it's the, it's the perfect way to send send fellas off is, is with a with a bit of a celebration and a, a cup we don't know what the cup looks like but um it's sure a rainbow, it's a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> you had a goal at the end of it there as well um but we were chatting actually when the rainbow cup fixtures came out earlier on that come the business end of the season that it's obviously clashing with the lines preparation and that so i imagine the, the teams won't be at full strength either because, like, it's it's coming up, it's so close to the lines essentially. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know how um how that's gonna work out. I think we're 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 heading over this week and we're a bit of administration and stuff, so I I, I presume we'll we'll find out whether people involved. I think lads I think in the premiership are, are okay to play in, in the premiership final if if they're involved. So um hopefully they, they, they allow lads um a chance to, you know, win a final. I think I think that that'd be quite important. It might it does overlap with the training camp, but um yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Speaking of um, the Lions again, there was a, I think that clip popped up. It was on Instagram or something. The one of you and Zeebs from uh, the Lions yeah. tour when Zeebs, sorry, it's the one, uh, one of the clips is he tells you the clock is done when it's not. <laughs> and you yeah. kicked it off the field and he's laughing. But then the other one was Zeebs ringing Rob Penny about being captain. And like, mm. it's just brilliant. I'd say that sort of stuff is going to be it's going to be great because it's obviously there's a, a few guys you've toured with before, but those kind of things are they're pivotal. They're pivotal really to have that sort of stuff in the round training and playing just to kind of get a bit of crack and forge a few relationships. Yeah, uh, I, I, and I think it's going to be even more important now with with COVID and not, and not knowing how open the the camp or the bubble can be once once we're down there. So yeah, you're right. I think those kind of things, um, the, you know the dice rolling for breaking silly rules and, and things like that. It's going to be really important. So yeah, you're hoping, um, you know, I think, I think Gatlin's really good at that. I think, you know, in, in terms of understanding a touring side, um, in understanding that it's four nations coming together as one, you do need, a, you do need a, a lot of opportunities to, to have a bit of crack and, and to get to know each other. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, rugby ability, you know, that that's, there's loads of that in the squad and, and coming together and, you know, understanding how to play a particular style of rugby. I think that'll be, that'll be easy, not easily achieved, but I think that'll be um, achieved a lot quicker than, um, you know, the, these relationships that, that need to form there. They're really important. And you do actually, you do genuinely make um, friends for life from, from, from a tour like that. You know, there's certain lads that you will always stay in touch with and, and get on really well with, um, and you know, uh, hopefully it's a it's the same again with, with new lads coming into a touring party, and and we all get on well. And um, yeah, there'll be hopefully a few a few highlights like that from from the court sessions. Yeah, is there any game or moment that has stood out over the last two lines test for you? Like, what is you know when you think back of your career as a lion, what what is the one thing that you think about? Uh, I think. Apart from the apart from kicking the ball out, <laughs> apart from kicking the ball out early, <laughs> <laughs> that nearly cut. Yeah, that was crazy. That was going back to that. That was crazy. That was a, the Wednesday before the second test, where <laughs> everyone knew there was a few injuries in the starting team, and there was actually chances to to get involved in the test squad. And your man is prancing around the the field <laughs> having gags, but that's that's himself. Um, I think. The, the 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 test in Wellington, um, the second test, um, the last tour was, obviously we won it all that kind of stuff. But uh, having my my sister lived in in Auckland at the time, and my mom and sister came down, um, and and they managed to get to that game, and um, seeing them afterwards back in the back in the hotel was was a, a real cool moment. Just going back to the hotel and chilling out with your friends and family. Um, Having done something like that, having beaten the All Blacks in, in New Zealand, which was which was really special, but it was just to be able to have your your friends and family there was um, 
was huge. You know, they've been to loads of rugby games and things, but that was really special having them there and and ringing home and, and catching up with my dad at home and stuff was uh, meant meant an awful lot. So moments like that really really hit you that you know they're they're really proud of you. Um, you know, my mom my mom wouldn't tell me that often, but she told me that night. You know, we're really proud of what you're doing and 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 what you've achieved tonight. And um, they're, they're 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 the people you play for really at the end of the day, your your loved ones. So I think. Um, Doing that this time round, you know, maybe getting a chance to to get them down to a game would would be really special. That's what, you know, that's what motivates most players. I think. Yeah, well, hopefully they will make an appearance down there. And Connor, the best luck, um, in the upcoming tour. We're really really excited to see you. And thanks much for coming on here today. Cheers, guys. Pleasure. Best luck, Mary. Best of luck. Before we wrap up with our own reflections on the season and our own awards, here's some past interview with French rugby legend and Montpellier coach Philippe Saint Andre. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed. I was looking back just like, um, just see on your own career, just to kind of see your, your past battles with Ireland and stuff. And I'd seen that as a player, you, you played them seven times and you never, you never lost to them as well. Um, I was kind of, was there ever a game that where they pushed you close or anything or um, any tight calls against Ireland over those years in the 90s? Well, I, do you know, I remember... Uh, because I was playing against one winger who was for me amazing. He was Simon Gregan. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, to be fair, he was very unlucky to be uh, not in one great generation of Ireland because each time he had the ball, he was amazing and he was a match winner, but uh, uh, he didn't have too many balls because what the first French team, we were very strong. So, And after I... I have so many memories because I play with the Barbas in Ireland and when we beat South Africa in Dublin and it was a lot of uh, Irish players. But after, to be honest, when I was coach, I, I drew two times against Ireland, but I never win against Ireland. So, of course, in players, I beat them seven times. But my record in coaching is very, very poor. So, But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I think it's 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 rugby and it's all the time you know great to to play or to see a different nation, different culture, and different nationalities. You know? Yeah, for for me, like I was kind of like I, I would have started watching rugby properly maybe the early nineties and stuff. And yeah, it was it was often tough watching Ireland, but there was a few guys that kind of used to stand there for us. Maybe like the likes of Popplewell and and Gagan, yeah. who we all loved as well, and. And Keith Wood, I was kind of. Did you ever get to play with those guys for the Barbarians then as well? Yeah, I play. I play. I play. Uh, I think it's 1994. Uh, uh, I think South Africa was so strong. And if I remember, if I was exact, I think they they beat England, they beat Wales, they beat Scotland, they beat France. And I think because Ireland was not strong at this moment, they decide to not play. No play Ireland, but they play the Babas, you know. And Simon Gregan was on one wing, me, I was in on one other wing. The front row was Irish front row, you know. And we beat South Africa. And, and to be honest, it was the first time that uh, the Irish uh, supporter was behind me. I think I, I remember I scored a try and people was behind me. So it was, it was real. And we beat South Africa. And I think it's the, the only, t- only game they lost. Uh, in this tour, he was in Dublin uh, against uh, against the Babas, you know. Wow. Well, um, and yeah, you mentioned that, like the coaching experience against Ireland. And, and just I remember being at that game in, in 2015 at the, the World Cup and 
just what a kind of brutal game it was in terms of like the the physical cost for the players. Um, yeah, do you have kind of any kind of major memories of that? Like I remember even Sean O'Brien talking about having to keep his discipline and then giving Pascal Pape a box after four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I think to be honest, I think he this game was a disaster for for Harland and for and for us because everybody wanted the win these games to to not play the all black in quarter final but uh, this game was so much physical so much tough and it was a then uh, the Irish team won and and they deserve it and uh, they deserve it to beat us uh, but uh, uh, they had four five injuries after the game and they lost in quarter final against uh, against Argentina and us we were uh, suffer mentally but also physically because what the name the guys was exhausted and knackered during 48 hours and uh, I will not I don't remember the, the scores and uh, then we did against the All Black but it was a disaster so I think you know this game and the, and this big, big game on the last pool stage was was a disaster for the for the two countries and uh, you realize on this in 2015, I think all the country have a tough game, the last pool stage. They they've been off in quarter final. So it's 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 for this and rugby, I think, you know, is a physical sport and it's very difficult for players to play a, to play a top game and a, a, a tough game and try to play four or five days after because rugby is so much intensity, so much impact, so much physical, so much hard also uh, mentally than the guys after need to be uh, need to be fresh. Yeah, yeah. Um and then like for yourself, like even looking back, like you, you got into the coaching game pretty early, like after you retired. Like it was in a Gloucester back in nineteen ninety-eight when c- can you think back to maybe like any advice you'd give to that guy back then? Uh the, the stuff you know now. Yeah, it was amazing because, you know, I finished my career in England because I wanted to see what is professional rugby because in France it was amateur, semi-professional, but not professional. So I finished my career in Gloucester and with the Shed and an amazing club and Tom Walkinshaw was the chairman. I didn't speak one word in English in the beginning. I was speaking French, a little bit of Spanish, but nothing. And uh, it was amazing because I learned a culture. I, I learn. I play in different stadium, and uh, I see a different way to coach. You know, and uh, I think uh, two or three years after, you know, I was the director of rugby of Gloucester and and coaching this team and starting my my new job. So, but you know, I I never ex- expect to do this before. But rugby was my passion and started to be my job. So you know, I can't complain because I, I must say thank you each day because you know never I expect that uh, I will earn money by my uh, by rugby and by my passion because when I play very young uh, rugby was completely amateur and my parents coaching say you need to go, be good in school you need to learn you need to do university because this is not a job you know it's just <laughs> it's just a sports and just enjoy yourself yeah, yeah. And in, in terms of like, yeah, like just the, the journey you had, because I know you went over and did a bit of coaching back in France, but then looking at that sale team that you, you were involved in, like just 
that was almost like a, an early version of the the Galacticos. Like some of the guys that were involved there were incredible. Like it must have been great to kind of be a coach of that. But how do you bring together so many different nationalities there to kind of go and win the premiership then in 20, uh, 2006? Yeah, I think, you know, it was interesting because the first years I, I arrived and I saw a lot of video before of this team and Cell Shark at this time had a great box, you know, with uh, Jason Robinson, Charlie Oxon, Mark Coeto, and uh, uh, Stephen Lee. But uh, when I was watching the, the video, I was, my feeling was that on the tough game and the big games, they needed a little bit more of power in front, you know, and power in the, in the forwards. So when I signed, you know, I bring Sebastian Bruno, uh, Fernandez Lobe, and Chabal. I bring three guys with power, one Argentine and two French players. And Chabal, I was coaching him in Bourgogne, so he followed me. And, uh, and the first year, we won the Challenge Cup, you know. And the second years, we started to build a, a great team because also uh, Cell Sharks did an f- amazing job in the academy and guys like Schofield, Chris Jones, Magnus Lund, Ben Foden, Wigglesworth was in the academy and it started to be an amazing team because I bring some uh, overseas players, but not a lot, but some overseas players because in the puzzle, he was missing some piece, you know. And after also the quality of... Uh, the academy and the squad of Cell Sharks, and straight away, you know, we we won the we won the Guinness Premiership. It was against Leicester, you know, by 38, mm-hmm. 33 or thirty eight points, and and I I coached this team for five years, and I had a great memories because it was at first it was Manchester was amazing, the the, the supporters, the fans, the sponsor, Brian Kennedy, the chairman. Uh, was great for me and he came to sign me. I was coaching Bourgoin and, you know, uh, I keep so much contact still with some f- player of sale and all the time, you know, uh, it's amazing when I am back in Manchester because I have a lot of friends and, uh, and my daughter was born there. So, you know, so oh, yeah. it's a, it's a big part of my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just as you mentioned, Manchester was kind of thinking that would have been like the the Ferguson era as well when when they were at the very top. Did you ever come across it, um, him or anything, or go go see United or anything at the time? Yeah, yeah, of course. I and I I, I meet him. I spoke with him, and and uh, it's, it was funny because uh, uh, we were in Carrington, you know, and our uh, for camp, and it was us, and it was pitch and no things. It was a uh, some what's the name in the bean we have some uh, like a caravan for changing room and everything and after it was manchester city and after manchester united camp so you know it was rugby <laughs> and and uh, after of course i meet him and i ask him questions about about coaching about management and everything then and what he was good he was in the being, they didn't. Sp- newspaper didn't speak about us, you know, because Manchester City, Manchester United, rugby league, football. Also, it was more about Stockport football in national streets and rugby. So what I try to do, I I, I invite. Uh, I think it was each Tuesday lunchtime newspaper to come to eat with us. Mm. And in the being, nobody wanted to come, and we started to win. So it was few people, few newspaper arriving. And after it was more and more, and they were eating with Shabal, 
Luke McAllister, Jason Robinson, Coeto, and say, it's amazing. It will never happen in soccer. And we started to have more and more caught in the newspapers. The stadium started to be full, you know, so we, we started from the scratch and from zero, but it was, it was, it was a, it was a me- amazing adventure, adventure in, a, in, a, oh, in a good luck with it all. And, and good luck with the, um, you know, if you get out, even, even just to stretch your legs on the Saturday after it's all over, but, um, it, <laughs> okay. was, it, it was lovely talking to you. Thanks very much for that. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. House of Rugby Ireland. Tell us what you think by comment and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Philippe was helping to promote the big rugby run which took place on Saturday to raise funds towards Tackle Your Feelings initiatives in the rugby community. You can find out more and make a donation at thebigrugbyrun.com. Right, lads, it's near the end of the season here. I wanted to see what your highlights of the season were. So we'll start with the show and personally. Ferg, what has been your personal and highlight of the show? A highlight of the show is probably um, seeing Mad Squeal on Shock Tactics. <laughs> that was particularly enjoyable. Highlight of the show was you getting back on the show. Was <laughs> <laughs> that your highlight? <laughs> yeah, true. Actually. Personal, personal, personally, it was probably getting back on the show. Um, but, yeah, the, the, there's been so many great memories, I think, on the show, in fairness, since I've been back involved. Some some great guests. I think, um, you know, last week with Scott Fardy and, and Adam Ashley Cooper, was that was really enjoyable. Um, you know, Scott finishing up and, you know, Ian's obviously played with Adam as well. But I think the three of us have had some, some um, brilliant guests, lucky enough to get some of those South African guys on. I mm-hmm. think... Um, I need to work on my pronunciation for a couple oh of my days. God. It's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, a few times, but um... don't think you're the onion. What about you? Yeah, like similar to Ferg, I think the the shock tactics was a great addition halfway through the season. Fair play to Anto. I think that's his his yeah. baby. He's done a cracking job with us. Um, I think myself and yourself were were squirming a bit when we were going through, you know, old memorabilia that that uh, players had to bring up. But the, the shock tactics is a bit of fun and, and gets the best out of people. Um, for me, guess wise, I think Ugo Manya was the one that definitely so, yeah. stood out. You know, he's he's doing a cracking job with with BT. I think he's one of the best pundits around, mm-hmm. um, and he just brought great energy. It was great to kind of get his insight into you know how he thought the game in the UK and, and France compares to to the league we have here in in, um, in Ireland. Um, <coughs> and the other one for me, I think Nigel Owens, getting him on. And, you know, I've my own kind of views on rules and what changes I think could help the game or make the game safer and hearing his opinions on that, you know, was very interesting. Yeah, it was. We had some really great guests. Like what even about you? Marcel was great on. He mm. was really good fun. Like just and I think it was great timing as well, the fact that he was leaving Ulster and people got like an insight into him before he left. You know, it wasn't they got to know the player off the field instead of just the player like what everyone sees on the T V. So Marcel was great. Um yeah, Nigel was great. That was one of the first interviews as well and like so my personal highlight was actually managing to get an intro right first time, but it didn't happen very, didn't happen very it, often. Tough look, Seymour. It is tough enough. It's tough, isn't it? <laughs> Sitting in this chair. Um, so have there any lessons learned from the from this? It's not, I suppose I've learned that it's very hard to make rugby players into into uh, you know work in a studio here and, and all the work that goes on behind the scenes. You know, there's so much like you you don't realise how much goes on with like the script writing and all the the, the way they cut it and make us look like. We know what we're talking about all the time. I <laughs> ah, don't be giving them too much credit. Like that. 
Yeah, no, they have. They've, the, the lads have been unbelievable in the background on it. Uh, lessons learned for me, I'd say, the back to the pronunciation of a few names. Um, I think you can see from the outtakes that they did as well. At times, we, we probably don't do you any favours when we're pissing ourselves laughing in the background either, Eamon. So yeah, like trying to do an intro that. and Ian just sneezes in the middle of it. <laughs> I actually got it right that time yeah. and everything. Um, what about the Irish player of the season, Mads? Who do you think? Um, I think Robbie Henshaw for both, you know, Leinster and Ireland has, has had a great yeah. year and I think everyone's really excited to see what he can do on this Lions tour. You know, he's at the very peak of his career and it's come at the right time for him. You know, it'd be hard to argue with yeah. with him. What do you think, Fergie? Yeah, I think Robbie and, and, and Ty Byrne, I mm. think at the test level, mm-hmm. you know, Ty Byrne's, you know, people, we talked to him on the show about... He was a really enjoyable guest. Actually. Yeah. I thought he was unbelievably honest about his journey and, and the pitfalls and stuff. Really enjoyable. But um, just his journey to going on the Lions from even just before the Six Nations, never mind him getting yeah. you know, booted out of Leinster, uh, people wouldn't have thought he was going to be starting for Ireland. And all of a sudden, he just he literally talked about grabbing an opportunity when he, he got that start with a couple of injuries. Yeah. And he never looked back. So... Um, He'd be up there himself and Robbie. I think the two best players of the year in Ireland. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubts with that with those two. Um, what about your provincial level? I think I was th- thinking about it earlier on. Um, I think Tom Daly's been phenomenal for Connacht. Yeah. Um, and obviously captained them last weekend, which is you know, like to come on a loan from Leinster to now captain in Connacht was a great one last weekend. Um, and then obviously getting the win. Um, yeah, what a huge win for Connacht yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, and then I think. Uh, in Mike, Mike Haley has been phenomenal for Munster and is just so consistent. I feel Mike Larry for Ulster again when he was at fifteen, especially in that yeah. jersey, he just was week after week. Don Cooney, yeah, John's had another great year. Like yeah. off the back of, you know, some international disappointments, yeah. you know, it would have been, you know, easy for him to to have felt that and his performance to have dipped off. But just seeing how hard he works, you know, day in day out in the club and. Um, I think it was almost epitomised by when he went off in the in the Leicester game. That, you know how reliant we are on. Yeah. You know he's 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 our key guy, and our game revolves around him. So, um, yeah, look, he's had a cracking year, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to bounce back and hopefully finish the season off well. Yeah, what do you think about your provincial? I never mentioned Leinster. I think. Uh, Reece Verduck has been just You never, great. ever mentioned yeah. Leinster. Well, I know, sorry. <laughs> we have to bring it back. We must do it. Yeah. Um, Reese and deservedly so from all those like really, really great club performances that Leinster got onto the Irish squad and it was totally deserved. Yeah, I think Reese and probably Jack Conan. Jack Conan came back from injury before Christmas. He, I don't know how many Man of the Match awards he picked up. You know, was pivotal in the, in a couple of the knockout games for Leinster and 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 the the game he he played against England, he took his chance. So, um, Jack's been outstanding. Obviously, Reese. Um, uh, throughout the other provinces, I'd 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 say, I think Nick Timoney's been brilliant. Yeah. Like I think he's a really underrated player. I'd say he could play for Ireland if he keeps playing the way he is. It's it's obviously huge backlog. Yeah. In a number of guys, but he he was brilliant against Leinster there a few weeks ago. He was unbelievable. Like he and he he never really has a bad game. He gets through some amount of work. Um, really impressed by him. Also, um, Connor Fitzgerald from Connacht. I think yeah. the opportunities he's gotten at ten, he's been brilliant. You know, after moving there from Munster. Um, so there's a number of guys. I think you know if you look back on the year for Irish rugby, I think. You know the fans. The expectations are extremely high, and it's understandably so. But you know, there's a lot to look forward to next year. I think for for fans from a provincial level, 
um, and an Irish level, you know, to finish like that, like they did against against you know, beating England in the manner they did, to have the number of players that that are going over on the lines, the the tourists, and then just the younger crop that are that have gained that experience in Ulster, in Connacht. You talk about Tom Daly, a young captain, like like the, a Leinster team that granted, you know, gooding for them to to get knocked out in the semi, but you know, young group of guys. Uh, Connor was just on talking to us about the. The group of monster, monster guys coming up: Gavin Coombs, Craig Casey. Do you know it's it's an exciting couple of years ahead for, for Irish rugby. Yeah, I think across the board for the for the provinces, it, it's been that theme, and, and very much so for us up in Ulster. You know, it's it's been a disappointing year in the sense that we haven't got any trophies. You know, and that's ultimately I think how all the provinces measure their success at the end of a season. Um, but we've blooded some really good young guys. You know, in, in the front row, you've got the likes of Callum Reid, Bradley Roberts. Um, Dave McCann in the back row, someone like James Hume, Michael Lowry, Ethan McElroy, like all these guys who've got you know huge amounts of game time, effectively like their first or second breakthrough season, which is probably the most challenging. Um, and I think that the biggest challenge after that is backing it up because you know teams are going to start scouting those young guys now, figuring out their weaknesses and and, and you know defending against their strengths. So it's going to be interesting to see now how how the likes of Craig Casey and, and Ben Healy and stuff kick on and um, mm. into next season. Yeah, it's been a year like no other with the amount of games there's been between the Pro 14, the Autumn Nations, the, you know, finishing off the Pro 14, it feels like it all just like jumped, there was no gap in rugby this year and then the yeah. Rainbow Cup extended on. It's, oh, just... it's been mad. Like I've been here back for one year and I've played in, you know, last year's league, this year's, <laughs> this year's league, this year's Rainbow Blitz. <laughs> the, you know, last year's Champions Cup, this year's Champions Cup, this year's Challenge Cup. Like it's, it's yeah. something like six competitions I've played in in one season. So it's, um, it's been challenging both mentally and physically and I think, I think this break coming up is, is going to be well earned from all the players and coaches. Speaking of players that are standing out, like we can't not mention Emer. For the women's, yeah. you know, you, you made, made the team of the year, or team, yeah, yeah, Six Nations team, team of the, of the Six Nations. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. nothing to you. say about that again. Yeah, thank you. Um, I suppose while we're on, and we can chat about like the women's players over mm. the year. Yeah. Like, um, you know, obviously, like there's been so many standout performances, and like that, the young ones have really stood up. Like, I think, like obviously, Bave and like everyone is talking about it, but genuinely, it's totally deserved. Like, you see the work she puts in behind the scenes, Dorothy. Wall, another one who's so young but has so many years rugby ahead of her. Um, Keenan Maloney was great for us again this year, and like just really great to see like new players coming through. And like it's going to be an exciting, very exciting twelve months for us ahead of that World Cup next year. Hopefully, if we qualify with the with the qualifiers um, at the end of the year. But yes, yeah, so it's great to great to get them in there as well. Um, and then finally, World Player of the Season. Is there any real doubt? It's got to be the the skipper from from Toulouse yesterday. I think, I think anyway. I think uh, Antoine Dupont has yeah. been. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. Like, um, like, is it, what age is the guy? Twenty four? Is he twenty five? Yeah, he's yeah early early twenties anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he's some head in his shoulders as well. And to be, I know he's an unbelievable player, but to be skipper of that side as well and stuff, it's just. Um, it was clear as well. It was funny in that game yesterday. It was clear that Raj had a plan to get at him. And I thought I thought the plan actually worked very well. Like you know, he didn't have as much time or as much space as he'd usually get. You know, they were drawing a forward back from the rook to then shoot up and try and take his time away. But sure as night follows day, he still had his big moments in the game. Like yeah. that that break he made and and to have the vision to put that crossfield kick in and yeah. that was probably one of the best tackles I've ever seen that Dumaru made on on um, 
Colby on, the, on like his ability to get him into touch there was phenomenal. But yeah, I think Dupont even playing against him, we played them in, in round one and and. Um, he was just. Do you just stand just, back in awe? Like, are, are you kind of like, oh, yeah, Jesus, do you know, you he's so not, good. You try not to. Yeah, <laughs> try not to, but. Yeah, when he runs past you, you're not exactly in awe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's just the, he's the complete nine, I think, and, and probably the complete rugby player at the moment. I think Aaron Smith was quoted during the week saying that he was he's the best nine in, in the world, which is some compliment for someone who's probably held that title for, for a good few years. And finally, what would a show be without a Lions prediction, Ferg? Who's going to win the test? The series? Oh, it's, it's going to be a huge challenge for them. Uh, and I know that South Africa, haven't, South Africa haven't played a game since the World Cup final, but I think that the South African you know, backroom staff seem like a really, really strong um, coaching ticket there. That'll have them primed and ready. Um, so I, I'm hopeful the Lions can pull off a, 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 a test victory of, of, of two, to, two to one. I think they need to catch them in the first game, though. I think they need to beat yeah. them in the first match because they won't have played bar yeah. mixing up a team that's going to play against uh, the United States. Yeah, that's going to be the big chance. Get the first one. I think, I think the second one could be at altitude, maybe, which is always going to be the tricky one. Um, but then if they don't win that, then you know, put absolutely everything into it. But I'd, I'd agree. I think it's going to be really tight. I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory either way. But I think the Lions could... Could sneak it just because they've played more rugby. The, the, yeah, I think that preparation that South Africa ha- have had. I don't think they're going to win that first game, which is going to really put it up, put them up yeah. against us. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been great. Um, cheers to everybody for watching and listening. Really big, huge thanks to producer Pat, Paul, Anthony, Dearman, and everyone that has helped in getting this show together over the last eight months. This has been House of Rugby Ireland here on Joe Slongafall. Slong. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed.